take pictures during the phone and be on it. I'm like, I'm like, if I have my phone on stage, I can't tell you not to have your phone out. <laughs> but no, you should watch me. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah. So come out for that. Uh, it's going to run for a couple of weeks. And then after that, we're just going to try to shop it around, maybe to see if we can get it touring around the country. Too. Oh, that'd be excellent. Yeah. And also wanted to note that the uh, creative director is B. Thomas. Yes. Beatrice gonna... Thomas, a.k.a. Black Benatar, yes, a.k.a. Yes. my work wife. Oh, no, my work husband. I'm her work wife. I forget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and Beatrice was on the show, I believe, last year or the year before. Mm-hmm. So. Yes really grateful that you all are collaborating absolutely Beatrice is um, one of my favorite people to collaborate with Mm -hmm. we've been working together on so many shows we um, used to do uh, this cabaret that was about the intersection of commercialism and the occult called Dr. Zabrowski's Hour of Power oh wow Um, and then we did one called Public Prophecy as well Um, but Beatrice has been such a force for this show and kind of giving the whole production like a shape and a feel Um, we've also been working with Ryan Marchand who's a really amazing performer and uh, educator and community um, organizer Um, he has been giving more like theatrical direction our technical director Erica Sokolauer Shane has been crushing it we've got some great lights by Kathy Anderson Uh, my partner Derek Schmidt did all of our music um yeah, and a zillion other collaborators too. I don't want to forget anybody, but I'm sorry. Um, and uh, yeah, excellent. Well, very much look forward to seeing it. Absolutely, I can't wait to come see. Yeah, is there anything else you'd like to promote before we wrap up? I'm tired. That's about it. It's just this thing that I'm taking a nap. Got it. I <laughs> totally hear you. Well, Kevin, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Roman. Yeah, and hope to see you again here. All right, sounds good. All right. Well, didn't take a bit of a music break. And this might take a a moment to get all set up. And then afterwards, we'll be back with some more news. Stay tuned.
and welcome back to the weekly review. Big thanks to Kevin Seaman for being on the show. Hashtag Femme Masculine is playing at Brava Cabaret Theater tonight, which is October 4th, tomorrow, October 5th, as well as next Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the 10th through the 12th. We've got some more news for you. Also like to provide ways that folks can take action. And I, a constant reminder is that everyone has a voice. Everyone can make a difference, etc. So regardless of one's situation, if you would like to make a change, there are so many folks who are organizing right now, and there's plenty of ways to get plugged in. And one way I will share with you at the moment. So October 3rd to 8th, which is happening right now, hashtag we remember days of awe and action for immigrant families. And this is an email from the group Bend the Ark. And this is the first action of 5780 is with immigrant families. So Ben the Ark says, the days of awe are here. Between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, Ben the Ark leaders have events planned across the country to demand their members of Congress stop our government's cruelty against immigrant families. Today alone, Jews in Long Island, New York, Cleveland, Ohio, Los Angeles, and the Bay Area, California are organizing to say, we remember and we demand action. Our week of action will be so much more powerful if every member of Congress hears from the Jewish community loud and clear add to the chorus right now and they provide a link where you can email your member of congress and they have a quick form it's the jewish new year hold ice and cbp accountable for cruelty against immigrants and i've shared this link on twitter at r-o-m-a-n-r-i-m-e-r as well as our facebook page facebook.com forward slash weekly rev they say we remember the names of the children who have died in u.s custody we remember the families kept in cages without soap blankets or water we remember the screams of children whose parents were rounded up in raids this is a critical moment to contact your member of congress because the bigger excuse me the biggest fight on immigration this year will be over will be overfunding and the trump administration thinks the public isn't paying attention the administration is continuing to ask congress for billions of dollars to escalate its cruelty against immigrant families and communities but if thousands of us take action alongside our part our partners we can get congress to stop them that's why today through sunday jewish leaders across the country are demanding their members of congress cut funding to ice and cbp and hold these agencies accountable to directly combat trump ew i said his name and remove the resources that enable the violent enforcement of his immigration policies Again, you can send an email to your member of Congress right now to demand accountability for cruelty against immigrant families this year, and they provide the link. As we reflect during these high holy days, we and as we approach the anniversary of the shooting at the Tree of Life Synagogue, we know that the Trump administration's attacks on immigrants are rooted in the same white nationalism that has targeted the Jewish community, the Muslim community, indigenous folks, people of color, and people with disabilities. We know that the only way to win is to show up together in solidarity while you join us. So that is one way that folks can help out, sign this petition, share it with other folks as well, contact folks who are in Congress and get them to act. Next up, more events that folks can participate in. Here on the show, we are prison abolitionists, we believe that we can build a world without prisons and the idea of rehabilitating people and helping people instead of punishing people 
especially when there are when poverty is criminalized here in this country and how many folks there's millions of people incarcerated it's just it's disgusting and it's fucking gross and we did hear the the story earlier on in the program from democracy now and that was an interview from 2013 and things i'd imagine have only gotten worse as far as militarization has ramped up so there are some da's who have been elected who do believe in reform and moving towards hopefully prison abolition and in the meantime recognizing how many folks are arrested for victimless crimes so one thing that folks can do to support folks who are incarcerated is to find pen pals to write to people can send books to people and one organization that helps connect folks is black and pink and they deal exclusively with lgbtq folks who are incarcerated so there is the flying over walls prisoner solidarity project and black and pink that's a they're located in many cities so there may be a city where maybe located in a city where you live i know chicago is one here in the bay area folks meet and many other cities as well so regardless of where you are hopefully you can tap in with a group that is local and this is what they share autumn is here and we've got so many exciting opportunities for you to stay warm in the company of community this season we're excited to tell you that they are currently planning I'm going to move this over so I can read the full email. The fourth round of queer and trans prison abolition study group for this coming January through June 2020. This will be our second inside-outside study group, meaning it will include both free world and... Uh, excuse me, I need to get the screen to a size that I can read. There we go. Okay, this will be our second inside-outside study group, meaning it will include both free world and incarcerated members. We are in the process of recruiting 10 to 12 incarcerated folks who are interested in discussing the readings through pen pal letters, and each of them will be matched with an outside member of the study group. If you're interested in joining us, please read and then fill out the form. And they've emailed this to me, and I'm thinking about a way I can share this with you listeners out there. It's a Google Doc. And this is for the SF Bay Area Black and Pink 2020 Inside Outside Study Group. So I think one way that folks could perhaps find this is if you sign up to get on the mailing list. So let me go to that first. So if you're not on the mailing list, you can subscribe and... And or, I'm just going to give the email address here, uh, flyingoverwalls at lists.riseup.net. So if you want to email them and tell them that you're interested, that's one way to do it and find the link. There's also, they have a lot of letter writing news and events that are coming up. So community news and events, and this again, it's for the Bay Area. Monday, October 14th, uh, join survived and punished and tgijp for freedom california a panel and letter writing event and this is join us in a conversation with a panel of criminalized survivors and learn how to support the fight against gender violence and criminalization and i'm going to take a look at this link to share the location and this is happening monday october 14th at the east side arts alliance 
which is at 2277 International Boulevard in Oakland. Next up, Wednesday, October 16th, save the date, Berkeley City College will be hosting a summit on the mental health impacts of mass incarceration, and our very own Casper, also of ABO Comics, will be speaking on a panel. Next, Friday, October 18th, the No New SF Jail Coalition is asking community members to come show their support at an important hearing on the closure of the jail at 850 Bryant. We are calling for a rapid closure of 850 Bryant without the opening or, or renovation of any jail, transferring prisoners out of county, or an expansion of electronic monitoring. The hearing is scheduled for 10.30 a.m. at SF City Hall. More details to come. On Saturday, October 19th, we along, and again, this is Black and Pink, along with ABO Comics, will be at the Our Town SF Nonprofit Expo, the largest LGBTQ resource fair ever in San Francisco. Getting my announcer voice here. And again, it's October 19th, and that's at the Eureka Valley Recreation Center, which is at 100 Collingwood Street in San Francisco. Next up, Wednesday, October 23rd, join Initiate Justice for Bay Area Mail Night. This will be responding to mail from our members inside who have questions regarding current or past legislation, learning more about our policy work, and more. The event is open to anyone and everyone. Excuse me. The event is open to everyone, and dinner will be served. Please bring a laptop if you can. And let's see where this one's happening. And they have Facebook events for all of these. And that's happening at the Urban Strategies Council, which is at 1720 Broadway on the second floor in Oakland. Next up, Wednesday, October 30th. Join a growing coalition of groups outside the California Corrections Department in a rally to expose hashtag MeTooBehindBars. Hashtag MeTooBehindBars is a campaign to expose how the prison system uses sexual and gender-based violence, including homophobia and transphobia, to target people who they incarcerate and whose daily lives they have almost total control over. For more details about the campaign and rally, they provide a link. And again, there's a Facebook invite. And that if you type in MeTooBehindBars rally, and that's hosted by the California Coalition for Women Prisoners and Young Women's Freedom Center. And that's happening Wednesday, October 30th, from noon to 2 p.m. at the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation. I am going to increase the font so I can read this. 1515 S Street in Sacramento. Again, California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation at 1515 S Street in Sacramento. Wednesday, October 30th from noon to 2 p.m. Okay, lots of events that folks can check out. So based on your schedule, your availability, your accessibility needs, what you have energy for, lots of different ways to show up. Uh, please do get plugged in if you are able. And also there's a new location, uh, TGIJP. They have a mail night every Tuesday from four to 8 p.m. at 1349 Mission Street. And they also have more info and I believe that's the old center for uh, sex and culture, that was the, yes, that was 1349 Mission here in San Francisco, uh, was, yes, the old center for Center for Sex and Culture. So, yes, please do check out Mail Night. And again, that's every Tuesday from 4 to 8 p.m. Okay.
That is a lot of information. Also, oh wait, yes, there's more. Monthly letter writing in San Francisco. This happened last night at Wicked Grounds. And in Oakland on Monday, tw- Monday, October 21st from 6 to 8 p.m., folks will be meeting at Farley's Cafe at 33 Grand Avenue in Oakland near 19th Street, BART. And that is where you can write letters to folks as well as send postcards for people's birthdays and etc. and meet with community. Great. So that is some more information. I... Oh, I have a story that's, uh, I mean, everything's difficult. Not everything. Many things are difficult. There's an article from Common Dreams that was published in Truthout on October 2nd, and it's also crucial to talk about here on the show. Not necessarily not a big fan, not a fan at all of Republicans, not a fan of most Democrats, and those in positions of power cause a lot of harm, and that's kind of where we are. And as long as folks only care about protecting the wealthy, and corporate interests, then we're all going to, it's going to be bad news. That's a, a summary of where we're at. So when folks say that the only thing that people can do is vote, that's really short-sighted and be wrong. And I get that it's people's opinion. However, through history, it's been riots and strikes and protests that have changed the course of history. And voting can work in a way of making it easier to organize, depending on who's in a position of power. And at the same time, voting and can be rigged and if the folks who are running aren't necessarily folks who are looking out for people that's that's not a good sign so there were i remember shortly after 2016 folks were saying oh we'll just wait till 2020 and someone had mentioned in terms of all the deportations and the family separations which of course have been happening in this country since the very beginning the idea of someone you know saying hey if your child was kidnapped would you wait until 2020 to do something about it So it's really the idea is just to push people to act, to take action right now. And if this this was your family, would you just wait until the next election cycle? And it's not even just about waiting, but this idea that you're waiting for something to happen, for someone else to do something about it. And who's to say that those other folks who may or may not even get into office will necessarily even make things better. And want to encourage folks to take, we can take action into our own hands and people throughout history have done exactly that and have gotten things done. So this is something else that have, you know, the folks that refuse fascism have been saying from the very beginning, many folks have been saying from the very beginning with fascism, it's, it's not like you just vote people out. It's not a system that has any, there's no morals to it, there's no rules to it. People appoint themselves. And the, the scariest part is that there are a lot of, they have a lot of followers who are into committing violence. They already have committed violence. And that backed with, you got the state violence, and then you have vigilante violence against many folks. And oh, there's that's my opening to this article. So again, this is from Jake Johnson. It was published October 2nd uh, in Common Dreams as well as Truth Out. Will Trump refuse to leave? We should be worried about this tweet. So... Fuckface, I try not to talk about him too much because I recognize he's just, it's a, the systems that are in place have gotten him to where he is. His racist asshole father was a landlord who, if he had been stopped, then, you know, it's this whole, just the system that's in place. So recognizing it's more than just this one person, and even once he's out of office, that doesn't necessarily mean that the system's going to fall apart, even though it's, it's just, uh, it's beyond one person. So 
I think that's what I'm trying to say is that he's representative of the whole system. And even if, even and when, if he's out, other things need to be changed. That makes sense? I hope so. I'm talking a lot of things out today. It's a bit explanatory. So moving along, he was talking about a coup and all this nonsense. Days after amplifying a right-wing pastor's warning of a quote-unquote civil war-like fracture if he is removed from office, President Fuckface, my words, not the words of the article, late Tuesday said the impeachment inquiry launched by House Democrats is a coup, heightening fears that 45 could refuse to allow a peaceful transition of power. And also, I'm going to make a note, have there ever been peaceful transitions of power in one way or another? Things aren't even peaceful when there's not even a transition of power. Anyway. I'm going to finish the sentence. Uh, uh, he would ref- could refuse uh, to allow a peaceful transition of power if he is ousted by Congress or defeated in 2020. Um, then they quote him, and he's just talking about a lot of fucking nonsense. Observers reacted with alarm to 45's tweet and said that it should not be treated as a typical online outburst from the president. This is ext- excuse me, this is extremely dangerous, Matthew Gertz, senior fellow at Media Matters, said, pointing out that Fox News hosts and contributors have been aggressively pushing the coup narrative in recent days. 45's coup language isn't an errant presidential tweet, Gertz added. It's an official Trump, ugh, ugh, my mouth feels so gross when I say his fucking name, administration talking points that multiple top aides have rolled out on state TV today. Historian Angus Johnston asked in response to 45's tweet, what happens when he tweets something like this the day after he loses re-election? The orderly transfer of power in the U.S. has always depended on the active cooperation of the outgoing president. What happens if that cooperation is not forthcoming? The answer, the day-to-day answer, for November and December 2020 and January 2021 isn't obvious. Johnson said, tweets like tonight's crank up the costs of breaking up, of breaking with Trump. But they also underscore the fact that there's no guarantee that waiting, that waiting him out will be an effective alternate strategy. Concerns that 45 could resist leaving office if ousted by the constitutional process of impeachment or defeated in the 2020 election are not new. 45 has repeatedly suggested on Twitter and during campaign rallies that his term should be extended to compensate for the time, quote unquote, stolen by the Mueller investigation. This is not a drill. And there is no reason to believe 45 will go quietly if he is defeated, wrote The Intercept's Mehdi Hassan in a column in March. There is every reason, however, to believe he and his allies will incite hysteria and even violence. Those who assume otherwise haven't been paying attention. In the days since House Democrats formally began their impeachment inquiry last month, 45 has rapidly escalated his hysterical attacks on political opponents and the whistleblower who raised alarm about the pre- fuckers, I can't even say the word, uh, call with Ukraine's leader. Last week, as Common Dreams reported, 45 suggested the person who provided information about 45's call with the Ukrainian president is a spy and traitor who should be executed. On Sunday, 45 warned of big consequences for the whistleblower as the anonymous individual's lawyers said the president's attacks have put the person's safety at risk. On Monday, 45 asked whether Representative Adam Schiff, Democrat from California, chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, should be arrested for treason, a crime punishable by death, following the president's coup tweet Tuesday night. I can't believe I'm saying that. So gross. Okay. Trita Parsi, executive vice president of the Quincy Institute, said the logical conclusion of this nonsensical statement is that the military should step in, save 45, and arrest 45's political opponents. Let that sink in, Parsi added. 
Yikes. So again, uh, you can find this at truthout.org. Jake Johnson is a staff writer for Common Dreams. You can follow him on Twitter at Johnson Jake P. All right. That was a lot of talking. We're going to be finishing up the show in a little bit. I'm going to find some fun music to play. Maybe it's not fun, but I'll play some music. We'll be back in a bit.
right, going to go over a couple more things before we wrap up the show today. The story comes from Seattle, and of course there are patterns in many places here uh, in the in the U.S. And this is about <sighs> fair enforcement and how uh, it's actually cheaper to not charge people to ride the train than it is to hire folks to be fair enforcers. There's an article in the Seattle Times that came out on October 4th, that's today, 2019, Seattle Times, black passengers getting cited, punished disproportionately by sound transit fare enforcement. This was written by Heidi Groover. When fare enforcement officers board a sound transit train, they begin at either end and work their way toward the middle. One by one, passengers tap their ORCA cards on handheld devices or show their tickets to prove they've paid. But practice is designed, or excuse me, the practice is designed to be unbiased, the agency says, a safeguard against potential profiling by officers. But sound transit data shows this system is not preventing disproportionate punishment. While 9% of people who ride light rail and sounder commuter trains are black or African American, 22% of riders are caught up in the fare enforcement system over the last four years were black according to rider surveys and enforcement data collected by Sound Transit. For black riders, the disproportionately the, dis- the disproportionate the disproportionality grows as the punishment gets more severe, from warnings to $124 tickets to misdemeanor theft charges. About half of riders who in the last 4 years faced a misdemeanor for failing to pay fare were black. They provide a chart of the demographics. (sighs) Disparities, both by race and by income, have led politicians and transit agencies across the country to rethink fair enforcement, sometimes pitting social and racial justice advocates against publicly funded agencies anxious to appear fiscally responsible. And they also provide a survey where if you're in Seattle, you can share your experience with Seattle, the Seattle region's fair enforcement system. At, C- at Sound Transit, officials are aware of the disparities, but don't yet have an explanation or solution. Shocking. Some in the agency also say fair enforcement makes riders feel safer and therefore more likely to use the system. Uh, and they um, speak to a sound transit chief of staff, Rhonda Carter, who says it's certainly troubling. It's troubling to see pretty starkly what looks like a disparity, but the numbers don't answer why people don't, didn't pay. Carter said, was it a wayfinding issue? Was it, I literally don't have the money. Was it, I just forgot to tap for the third time this year. Sound transit plans uh, to survey riders later this year. Critics say the existing data proves the system is failing. Some question whether a public transit system should be punishing people who can't afford to ride. When light rail was built through Seattle's Rainier Valley, we were told it's going to be an opportunity for people in our neighborhood to go downtown for jobs, an opportunity for enhancing our well-being, said Gregory Davis, managing strategist at the Rainier Beach Action Coalition, one of the dozens of organizations urging enforcement changes. What if what comes out of it is a fair enforcement policy that indebts our young people, that's the opposite of what we were told the benefit would be, Davis said. A small share of sound transit riders encounter fair enforcement each year, and fewer still are warned, cited, or charged. 
but disparities worsen with each step with each step with black riders receiving 19% of warnings 43% of tickets and 57% of theft cases over 4 years riders who don't pay can get one warning and if found guilty again within a year a $124 ticket a second ticket then a misdemeanor charge in may the agency oops i uh clicked on uh a chart here okay uh, 43% of tickets and 57% of theft cases over four years. Riders who don't pay can get one warning and if found again within a year, a $124 ticket, a second ticket, and then a misdemeanor charge. In May, the agency quietly paused referring cases for misdemeanors. It's unclear if the agency will permanently stop those referrals. I'm going to take a moment and there's like one there's some more paragraphs left, but I'm going to just stop and just say, hey, Jeff Bezos, who lives uh, close to outside of Seattle, who's a billionaire who could give all the money to make Seattle transit free, not criminalize people who are unable to pay, he would still have more than enough money. So I just think about how backwards it is. I think about this in many situations where folks who are just struggling to get their basic needs met, that we have the resources as a country to, to pay for it's not unimaginable it's possible so many things are possible yet greed prevents people from moving forward with that oh goodness oh i think i just talked myself into a, a sadness corner oh goodness there has to be something that is hopeful in san francisco this isn't necessarily um, hopeful, but I want to just share a few more things. Oh, I do like to try to end on a positive news story to get myself and all the listeners up, upbeat, happy about something good. Uh, but there are some just things I also wanted to mention that are not so happy. So there are folks on the Clinton Park area in San Francisco who fundraised over $4,000 to get boulders placed on the sidewalk because they didn't want unhoused people to exist. And then there's a battle between folks rolling those boulders off the sidewalk. It's also not only is it just incredibly classist and fucked up, but it's also a um, accessibility issue where folks can't navigate on the sidewalk. And so people were, there was like people were moving it off the sidewalk and then it's being pushed back on the sidewalk and then DPW got involved. And these are also boulders that have been around for years, I think. So also DPW is involved with it and it was just nonsense. And the, the GoFundMe where these people who have, thousands they raise thousands of dollars and instead of saying hey let's raise thousands of dollars and maybe like how is a family pay people's rent for a month or two or feed people or provide access uh, to services for people they instead decide to make life harder for people and that's what what's it it's just so fucking frustrating where it's you recognize there's something that makes people uncomfortable and instead of trying to find ways to rehabilitate to offer services to help people uh they cause people cause more harm and that's the thing where even if you're like, it's even better to like not do anything than it is in some of these situations and people who are actually causing harm, like calling the cops on unhoused people or causing sweeps, taking people's possessions, people who don't have much to begin with. It's so frustrating. Ah. Speaking of frustrating, uh, Palantir has still not, uh, uh, they're still doing business with ICE. So tonight at 7 p.m., CCC, CCCC, four C's, four C's, Bay Area, 
uh, follow them on Twitter at Close the Camps BA. Call to action tonight, 7 p.m. The Palo Alto BW Ball has not dropped Palantir Tech as a <laughs> We need folks to flyer to attendees and let them know Palantir's crimes. I am retweeting this. Excuse me. I am retweeting this flyer on Twitter. Again, you can follow Close the Camps BA or me at R-O-M-A-N-R-I-M-E-R. In Ecuador today, second day of a national strike against the president. This was shared by Joshua Potash, and that's J-O-S-H-U-A-P-O-T-A-S-H. I will also share that. So around the world protests are happening there are some more in other places as well that i wanted to get to oh i'm also reading on mother jones the epa just issued a notice of environmental violation in san francisco after 45 claimed the city's large oh fuckers and this is about uh water pollution even though I would suggest that it's uh, Chevron and perhaps the big companies here that are polluting the water more than, uh, and all the fucking automobiles because they decided not to invest in public transit. Anyway. Ugh. There's an article on motherjones.com if you'd like to read more about that. And I am scrolling down to see if there's something else I can share that will end on a positive note because there are a lot there are a lot of scary things happening and a lot of frightening things that are happening and also a lot of folks taking action and I perhaps did not get to some of those stories this week and I apologize I also just want to encourage folks to donate to Chesa Bodine's campaign for district attorney to ensure that there is an election since the mayor has just decided to replace Gascon with Susie Loftus, who is running against Chesa. Oh, goodness. And, well, that might just be it. A lot of more things going on, but uh, it's 143. I feel like I have spoken quite a bit. I have used my voice and well, I am seeing from alternate that the Democrats have roped Mike Pence into the impeachment inquiry of Trump. I hope they all fucking go. So I guess we'll take what we can get for there. Um, Big thanks to Kevin Seaman for being on the show. Again, you can check out Kevin's show, hashtag FemMasculine, at the Brava Cabaret Theater. For more info, go to brava.org. And that's, again, um, October 4th and 5th, the 10th through the 12th at 8 p.m. I think that's going to be it for me. Stay tuned to Mutiny Radio. Oh, I should plug the station. Hello. There's shows here every day of the week. Please listen in. Please donate to the station. We stay open based on dues. So please, please, please donate if you can. If you'd like to support the show in particular, you can do so if you go to patreon.com forward slash weekly rev. Thanks so much. And yep, yeah, that's about it. I'm going to play some more music. 
<laughs> for you all. Thanks again so much for listening. Have a good week. And we'll be back next week. And taking a moment to choose the song sometimes eh, it takes me a while. So I'm going to see what I'm in the mood for. And in the meantime, I am going to speak. Super professional here. And what are we going to decide on? All right. Here we go. Have a great week, everybody.
shipping and all of that. Mm. Yeah, oh yeah, it's a different kind of fat. It's not cholesterol. It's some kind of they get a they get a good mark. Uh, they, I got this little the Week magazine, and they got all this all the special stuff from the year, mm-hmm. and uh, they even had a part about uh, produce. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, hot peppers are good for you and stuff like that. The way we were in 2017. I love when these they sum up the uh, they sum up the end of a year. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And I'm I'm glad I didn't contribute to it in any manner. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been all good, I'm sure. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I, I like the holiday cookbooks like and to. things like that, but I don't like the holiday gift books that they do you know like oh. oprah has the gift book and some couple other people have you know their little gift idea things or whatever no oh, I, I, yeah. i'm sorry could we pretend we don't have oprah's money <laughs> right exactly there's oh, yeah. no point in looking at those not even looking oh, at but them. yeah but you know what i like them because they're they're so out there they got one like for neiman marcus and and sometimes they have things like his and her helicopters. And oh stuff. my yeah. god! Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know. So you, that's where you got to sit back and say, "Oh, they're doing it all just for me. <laughs> <laughs> they're just doing this for for my wonderful show to enjoy these people." I mean, you just look at the the craziness of it, and it, it's hard to really take it serious to get. They were interviewing guys like about Trump, and I saw this guy, <laughs> this guy from Kentucky, and he's just an old farm dude that is going to get killed uh, mercilessly in this tax trip, uh-huh. uh, you know, by the guy that he voted for. Right. And the guy says, they said, well, what would it take to, to have you uh, vote again on him in uh, 2020? And he said, all a man got to do is put his name on the ballot, and he's got my vote. And oh. I said, wow, man, you know. Uh, I was, I was, I heard you guys talking about Alabama and all of that uh, when you couldn't hear me up front mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a heavy scene for me because I got buddies from Opelika and places like that. And uh, that I was in the service with back in 1950s and 1954. And they didn't hate fucking black people or none of that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Every, everybody south of the border is not a fucking bigot and, uh, or an idiot. And uh, they, they, they turned out, the, the black people turned out and the single ladies turned out and the people that had been to college and shit turned out. And they overcame the ones, you know, who think that the Ten Commandments should be on a lawn mm-hmm. outside the fucking courthouse. You yeah. know, um, so uh, so I'm I'm kind of proud of the Alabamans uh, for pulling this off. And uh, were you serious about that shit, or were you making it up about uh, trucking people into voting shit? Is that some claim? No, 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 no. That's no, that's Alex Jones. Some you know the crazy oh. guy from Infowars. Oh, Alex Jones. Yeah, oh, he's yeah. he's. He's the one that said that. He's been, you know, since the oh, other Jones yeah. guy, Isn't he like Pete Roy Moore, he's like, yeah, yeah, they bust in people from out of state and blah, 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 and this, that, and the other, and they use dead people's names, and yeah, he's uh, he's going batshit uh, crazy. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, well, that, yeah, you consider the source. My right. Mother used yes. To say that. My mother used to say that to me when I was a little dude, and she'd say, no, no, consider the source. Right. You know, yeah, so uh, it's a, uh, oh, yeah, they, uh, you know, I uh, I don't know. I wish I could, I, you know, it's, it's a shame that we have to suffer along with the ones who vote for him. Right. Actually voted for the guy. He lost by three million votes. People have been talking about, you know, getting off that electoral college bullshit thing from back in slavery days that was just an award to the slave states and you you know you wind up with shit like uh, states that don't have as much population as as uh, the bronx for christ's sakes uh running things and getting the, you know the gerrymander it's all out of control and there was a guy on the, on doug's show this morning on uh, a guy named gerald salenti and I really like Gerald. He's an intelligent guy. And he publishes a thing called Trends Journal. And he's easy to, you know, for you guys to go like uh, trendsjournal.com or some whatever you do. And uh, he goes around the world. And he's into this uh, cyber coin thing. He was talking about it. Because uh, the Bitcoin thing? Yeah, that was Bitcoins or something. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, um, on the electronic stuff, drug dealers were using it originally, but but now it's caught on, and it's like a. You guys haven't heard of that stuff? Yeah, yeah, we follow the Bitcoin thing. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Well, it's getting like bigger and bigger, and and he says it's a cool thing. I told him, I said, you know, what about the tulips when they went ape shit on that? No, he says, yeah, but that that ain't it on this. He believes this is a real thing, you know. And uh, he says stuff about, forget these parties and stuff like this. We need a whole different way of running the country. And it's got to be you vote for what you want. And that's right. we do the voting. The people do the voting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In, instead of having these phonies here to represent us who take bribe, bribes in the form of uh, campaign contributions. Yeah. I mean, what the hell is the difference? It's all a matter of semantics. What are you going to call it? Uh, you call it a bribe or, oh, no, this is a campaign contribution. Mm-hmm. And then 10 of these guys who made, uh, these guys made campaign contributions to 10 legislators and all 10 of them voted in favor of what the hell they were doing, you know? What are, what are we? I, I mean, this this I was aware of this shit like 40 years ago. I don't know uh, where everybody else has been, but uh, you know, you got a bunch of people give you money from the concrete lobby, and then you go to vote on the new uh, state highway going in. You're not gonna vote for asphalt, man. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, the oh, just a donation only a donation now we were just talking about alex jones that crazy guy from Infowars. here's that little piece that we were talking about oh also in the room just to let you know patrick we got my daughter Brittany is also here Uh, she goes by dakota that goes up by dakota okay so say hi hi Brittany. there you go all right here you go let's let's listen to that bit had to do what napoleon did they've deployed everything they've Launch all reserves, attacks, everything, fire, 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 fire. But they're not raising money. They spent the little they've got on this more thing betting everything on it. And notice the Democrat judge said, oh, 
we're going to erase all the computer files after tonight on Wednesday morning. So there's going to be no recount. <laughs> Try that more. Oh, and the polls said he was going to lose by 10 to 15 points. Fox News, CNN, same garbage to create a bandwagon effect with some to go, well, I better vote with a winner. He's going to lose. So he lost some there. And then they just came in, baby, and they, as they do all over the country, had the dead people vote and had the folks busted in in those Democrat areas, and they stole the election when my research shows way more <laughs> probably would have won by six, seven points. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it yeah, really he's pretty, is. He's pretty out there, wah, wah. What we're witnessing and the dirty tricks of the Clintons and the dirty tricks of their systems in this country reaching down through into daily life. I mean, they come after you when you fight them. They they run intelligence operations. They destroy families. They pay people off. Uh, they threaten weak-minded people uh, into into you know, going along with them. But their reign of intimidation and their reign of just the dirtiest pool ever played in this country, probably in the world, is coming to an end. So apparently there's like brainwashing and hitmen uh, and uh, and all this stuff going on just to get your vote. Uh, go to your window, open your window and shout, we're mad as hell and we won't take it anymore. Exactly. <laughs> My goodness. Network, baby. Yeah, exactly. I was on network on that. Uh yeah. But it, but it's scary. It's funny that, it, you know, it, and this guy's got a very popular show. He's got a big platform. And, oh, yeah. and And people, there's just as many people, I think, if not more people watching this guy because he's so crazy. Oh, so, oh absolutely. You're not, you don't have to dig what he's saying. We used to watch George Putnam out, in, out back in the 1960s and early 70s. Uh, and he was a guy that would start, he was like a, a show, a talk show out in L.A. And he would say, uh, George Putnam tonight from Newbury Park, where old glory flies over the... And he would be this ponderous, I'm an all-American kind of guy. And we watched him because he was so far out there. And he'd have a guy named Mayor Sam Yorty on. And Credibility Gap, a bunch of very funny left-wing young people, got together a show where they did those voices and stuff. Mayor Sam and him and all this, all this right-wing garbage. And they made a mockery out of it. And one night this guy uh, was doing his uh, right-wing shtick, you know, Right. Talking about a Vietnam, 